Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Dad, look at the time. Hot night with Huddy Withrow rolls on the final hour, just like that. It's here on this Wednesday edition, flying through across the Outkick Network, which includes this great radio station you're listening to, or live online, streaming daily on YouTube. You can find us there. Just search out Outkick. We hope you'll subscribe while you're there. Give us a thumbs up, like the program if you're enjoying the conversation, and uh, ring that bell. You'll be alerted anytime we go live, which is daily, 3 o'clock Eastern, but all the shows across the network uh, as well. Do you inform people to smash that like button also? We want to make I sure did. we do that hit on it. YouTube? As long as they're you enjoying all the program. It. Yeah, that's right. Um, Chad, we've got plenty to hit, but one of the things to, to keep an eye on, I keep watching this throughout the day, because Schefter earlier today on ESPN is saying that not only is Isaiah Rogers going to be suspended for a full season, that that's going to come down this week from the NFL for gambling, for betting on the NFL. There are, and the quote was, a handful of other players who are going to receive the same suspension. Handful can mean whatever, whatever number you want it to be. But the fact it's more than just Isaiah Rogers tells me that the digging continues on behalf of the partners of the league, these sites, these apps, that as a part of their agreement are looking specifically for players' accounts using their names, their, their bank accounts, their payroll, or you know, weird spikes in certain betting, maybe it's a certain uh, parlay, a lot of money randomly in a certain area, a certain lane. That's more difficult to figure out on how people are getting their information. But the league, regardless of if the players are, are saying, hey, we don't really know the policy, it's confusing. You, know, you say you don't bet on games. Does that, does that mean we can't bet on the NFL draft? Yes, that means you can't bet on the NFL draft. Betting on anything underneath the shield is an indefinite suspension. Calvin Ridley found out the hard way. He was the first to fall. He's the first of several. I don't think the number is reaching a total yet, Chad, where it's a crisis for them to change. And by the way, they would change the rule if it were that way. They would find a way to change the rule to keep guys in pads and in uniform. But what we've yet to see is the superstar quarterback to get popped for this, to get caught for this. And... I don't know if it's coming or not, because right now, as Schefter says, he's waiting on a handful of others to be suspended. There's only a handful who have so far compared to the number of players in the National Football League. And I know that ultimately they're trying to avoid any sense of impropriety within their league. That's yeah. why they want to protect this, and they're very heavy-handed with people who bet. And they should be. I would also ask the question, does anyone think that the NFL has been compromised in some way with these... Well, gambling scandals that we've seen so far and these guys getting hit with these huge penalties. I, I would say absolutely not. Not yet. You don't want it to go to another level. Calvin Ridley, what he was doing when he was out hurt 
Uh, he was betting on his team, but I think there were some the player props involved. Yeah, he bet on the Falcons to win. Yeah, and there parlay. were some, some props with his teammates that right. were involved also. Right. But you can see how that's, Rogers. that's a very slippery slope that the league wants to avoid, and, which gets back and I to understand that. then just make it illegal to vote on the league. Not illegal, but against the rules. Right. Shrink the rule book. NFL only. I talk about this with the NCAA all the time. Shrink the rule book. Make it better, to easier to understand. Take pages out of it. Don't make it complicated. Let's make it very simple. If you are in the NFL, and especially if you're a player or coach, you can't ever bet on the NFL. Any time of year, anywhere. Don't do it. Everything else is fair game. Well, If, if individual teams want to make their own they, policies about betting on site, at team headquarters, on a that. flight, anything. They can't do that, though, because it's collectively bargained. Yeah. They but, can't make – just because the players are in their – they can't make their own rules. It, everyone follows the same set of rules. Well, then get rid of that rule, too. Well, but the – Make it just the NFL. Well, either that or just follow the policy that everyone else in the league has to follow if you're an employee, which is you just can't gamble, period. I'm not on board with that. But the confusion here, while guys are getting suspended left and right, I mean, we're averaging what, like one or two a month right now over the offseason? It feels that way. Um, if you, maybe it's a bit more, five a month, uh, if you average out all the numbers. It feels like a lot. I don't think it is. I also don't think it's a small number of players who are, uh, they're the only ones in a group that are betting on sports. Right, And they can do that, by the way, at their leisure. They just can't bet on the league. But, but for, for the, some players are adamant they didn't understand the rules. If that's true, there have to be more players who didn't understand the rule. Because it did feel a bit thrown together. To the players' credit, I do feel the same way. They allowed these these apps to partner exclusively either with individual teams because it's localized and you're in a specific area or with the NFL in general and all the, the owners profit from it, even if you're in a state that doesn't allow it yet. And then I think the policy came after the money came in. For years, decades, they'll never be in Vegas. Now all of a sudden, everyone's in Vegas. The integrity of what we're watching needs to be first and foremost the, the, the importance of what they're doing. But to me, a, a Calvin Ridley betting on Alabama football does not affect whether or not I think the NFL product is on the up and up, personally. The other headline they don't want is a guy losing you know, $2 million. They don't want the guy that's at the fight that's got money on Mayweather or Pacquiao, you know, and he's, he's betting like... Obscene amounts. Yeah, like Drake would, right? Maybe that's not obscene to Drake. But again, like they, they don't want their guys in the headlines for betting on practically anything. But they can't keep it from the players because it's almost a chip and a check mark in the NFLPA's side of things, even though it means practically nothing, that they won something because no one else in the league that's employed by the league is allowed to do it except for the players. It's crazy. Well, and if, if um, you know, Jamison Williams bet on a UFC fight, that doesn't impact me. No. And shouldn't impact the league at all either. We had Logan Ryan in studio talking about this, and, and he mentioned it. I'll never forget this. But he said, yeah, I mean, it was thrown together in some email we were sent, like a 100 other things, talking yep. about the league's policy. 
and the player policy that was collectively bargained with the league. That's not just the league's fault, though. And I'm thinking, if that is the case, I understand someone that wouldn't have known fully the rules, that understood not to bet on the NFL, right. but to bet on a college football game on a team bus. And, and Schefter has made it clear that this is for the indefinite suspension. This is not the Jamison Williams six-game suspension that, that is anticipated this week. Multiple players are going to be suspended for at least the full NFL season. They've detailed that they had Tom Brady cut a new video about the, the gambling policy in the NFL for players and, and the do's and don'ts. And honest, you know, Brady was even like, just don't risk it. Just don't do it. You don't have to do it. Don't do it. But it, it's, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be suspended if it happened in the past. You know, it's still going to, it's not from here on out. If you did it, it and they're going to find you and you're going to be ratted on because that's how it is. There are certain companies that are just outing players. If you're dumb enough to either use your own name and your own bank account, or it's obvious that it's you that someone else is, is betting on behalf of, you're done. And in, in the case of the, the NFL gambling, you're done indefinitely, and it's probably going to be steeper as everyone agrees that they know the policies moving forward. It's just, man, I, it's this new era, and it's... I, it's not detrimental yet, but imagine if you find out that quarterback A is going to be now suspended because he landed and was on a team flight, landed in a state where it is legal to use FanDuel or DraftKings or BetMGM, and he can pop on there and bet on his alma mater or bet on UFC 293 because it's on that night at the team hotel and he's on you know public interstate headed a police escort headed to the team hotel on a Saturday afternoon in a state where it's legal and you make that bet and they know where you made it which is the bus and you're suspended six games for that in the middle of the year craziness it's too heavy-handed I agree Allie in the YouTube chat says no one believes the NFL is compromised because they do things like this and reinforce how serious they take it once fans start to question coach player integrity, NFL might as well be 100% fixed. I understand where Allie's coming from in saying that. But if you get six games because you bet on a college football game on a team bus and you go to the league and say, I honestly, guys, did not know that was a rule. I knew about the NFL. Obviously, I'm not going to bet on the NFL. Never done that. But if you're one of those players... I'm totally fine with those players getting a stern talking to and warning and a promise that it's going to be 10 games the next time it happens, and here are the rules, and make sure you read them carefully. Instead of just suspending Jamison Williams six games right off the bat for this, I'm all for a a, a slightly less heavy-handed approach to this. Let me at least play devil's advocate on behalf of the NFL. The NFL didn't flippantly write this rule. The NFLPA leadership agreed to it. So it's not just the NFL that has to let these players know. It's their players' The the player association, the representative on your team who probably doesn't understand it either, and also the agent, the one person that's not represented in negotiations between the league and the players' association is the agent. They don't care about agents and their piece of the pie and the agent impact on negotiations. The players care about 
are we getting 49%, 49.9% of the 50% split with the owners? What, where are we getting ours? And while this isn't a win, this is something that the NFLPA signed off on because the NFL can't just flippantly do it. Plus, it's bringing in money that's going to be split between the owners and the players as part of this. So I, the NFL wrote some rules. They probably gave leniency in some areas of the rules to the player himself. If they signed off on it, Chad, I don't blame the NFL for holding true to it. Now, they, they're doing a good job of reinforcing it now. They're certainly getting people's attention based on the suspensions. But I think I, I'll agree with Ali that the integrity aspect is going to be fortified if I see a star player catch this for a suspension. Because right now, a six-game suspension for gambling is the same as taking a PED. Just ask DeAndre Hopkins and the Arizona Cardinals. The full year suspension, that's where the controversy will happen. And it will happen if it takes place with a star quarterback, period. Until then, it's just kind of flippant. You know, it's yesterday's news, and we await to see if there's anyone other than Isaiah Rogers. But it's, it's, it's still odd that he's the only name that's been put out there because he, he admitted it, that he was the one on the Colts roster. Yeah, it sounds, the way you put it there, uh, also a little bit spiteful to the NFLPA in that, hey, this is your responsibility also. We agreed to all this. You were a big part of it, and now your players don't seem to understand it. So we're giving them the exact penalty we said we would, and that's how we're going to go about it. Travis Kelsey, uh, while in one interview saying that he wants to get paid more, is also saying that he's taking less in order to help the team. That's admirable. He wants that salary to rise uh, for him. And he, by the way, he's deserving of that based on the impact that he's had at the position. Uh, you could call him a wide receiver if you want to. Uh, tight ends deserve to be paid more on how they're used now compared to the wide receiver position and the franchise tag money. Um, but he's also taken less in order to help out the team survive through the salary cap era and the Super Bowl run that they're on. Chad, he's also in the headlines because he thinks between 50 and 80%, I think it may be on the higher end here, closer to 80, 50 to 80% of players in the NFL use marijuana, use cannabis. Um, he, he adds in that, you know, he and others can, players, they pass drug tests. The NFL still tests for pot. They don't suspend for marijuana. But going back to when I started covering the league in 2005, behind the scenes, it's more or less a lot like the drug tests that are taken prior to the NFL Combine or at the NFL Combine. It's an ignorance test. Because unless you're on the list for having tested positive for uh, an illegal substance, you're free to go for the rest of the year. Not PED, but for the uh, illegal substance. You're still going to be tested for you know, the, the HGH and everything else. You, know, you work out well or you, you set a new record in the NFL. You know, just so happens that DK Metcalf is, what was he doing, racing uh, or, or doing something uh, last offseason? And then he's got uh, on his, his locker the random PED test. Uh, from, from the NFL or whoever outsources the test. Separate apart from that would be the drug test. And players knew when that test was going to take place. It was going to take place right before training camp. 
So as long as you, you know, use the, the clean in the clear and you drank a lot of water and you didn't smoke pot the night before the test, you weren't going to pop and then you were free and clear for the rest of the year. They're not admitting that publicly, but they test one time. And if you test, if you pop for it, you're on the list and you're going to get random tests throughout the year. And that's where the suspensions come in. But I, I do think it's closer to 80% now. I, I just, do. and if it's 100%, if it's 0%, I just don't care. Yeah, but they're not, they're not suspending for it anymore. No, and I just, I, again, but it, I, I don't care to test for it, and I just don't care. Well, and like a lot players of, wanna there are guys use that want to use cannabis, pain, yeah. oh, I think a lot of them, yeah. e- e- whether they know it or not, are using it for pain management. Well, a lot, a lot smoke it to get high, too. Yeah, but I think when they're smoking to get high, it's a different kind of pain you're trying to kill. I think you're doing it for the same reason, even if you don't know you are or not. But I don't care. Never have. Whatever you want to do, fine. Have at it. The Go suspensions ahead. were steep for that for several guys. And Now, performance-enhancing type stuff. That's different. That's different. Yeah, and it's only a six-game suspension, which is also odd. Coming up, teams I'm betting on to make a huge jump in 2023. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Earlier, Chad, uh, and we were inspired. Uh, Bryce Egan, I believe, is uh, the, the better's name. Bet a dollar, a chance to win over a million if all of these teams, <laughs> it's crazy. One of them's the Reds. Currently, all six teams that were a part of a a 16 parlay to win their respective divisions are in fact in first place right now. The cash out price on the app for a $1.62 bet is over $8,000 as of right now. And if you continue to just play it out, the parlay includes the Twins, the Rays, the Rangers, the Reds, and the Braves and Diamondbacks, all are in first place. A dollar sixty-two, with a potential payout of one point one nine million dollars. Chad would have cashed out a week ago. I would continue to let it ride, based on the play of the Braves and Reds, mainly the Reds, who continue to be hot, uh, but also the downward spiral of some of the other teams in those divisions. I can, uh, the, the cash out price is going to continue to rise. It gets over 10 grand. I'm cashing out though. Isn't it crazy though, that a $1 bet. And it's going to be the six, the six, like watch one of the favorites, not win the division, but the, the, and that will be the reason why you don't well, win the one. A $1 bet where you're just guessing the division winners. Yeah. And you get them all right. And there's some crazy ones that you get right could lead to over a million dollars. The odds, uh, plus 7,370,000. Am I getting this right? 73,708,349. That's the Well, that's it the was, odds. I don't know what he got. I, I did a, a Fox News hit today, and I know, because I looked this up, the Reds were plus 6,600 to win the NL Central I believe to start he got the season. Plus 6,000 yeah, on was, April 3rd. The one I saw was plus 6,600. So we were inspired. Uh, what bets are we on board with that aren't necessarily popular based on the teams and how they're viewed, right? But we're looking at it for overall win total. 
over under, and we're picking the overs today. I'm about to give three in the NFL. Chad gave three in college that he's placing uh, his hard-earned money behind uh, what's left after the swim lessons have been paid for. Uh, Chad, those three teams? Vanderbilt at three and a half. Over, I'm going over, over three and a half wins. Over on all these, over three and a half wins. Texas A&M over seven and a half wins. UAB over five. Feel really good about Vandy. You're strong on A&M if too. If I'm going in order, I'd go Vandy, A&M, UAB in terms of confidence of those picks. But I'm I'm very strong on Vandy over the three and a half. In the NFL, let's go NFL. And I think we should combine these and make a sixteen parlay. Personally, I'm going to do it. Um, right as you say, these teams. Number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's right now the over under is nine and a half. I know someone that's uh, currently uh, consulting with Jacksonville and I was told that the playoff experience and the run that they went on at the end of last year is going to carry over based on the health of the roster and the fact that Doug Peterson is fully in charge. They respect him. They respect Trevor Lawrence at the helm of this offense. And it's just time. They should win the AFC South. And when you consider that what last year they went on the run at the end of the year and Ended up winning the division. They came back, came from behind, won the playoff game over the Los Angeles Chargers. They should be a 10-win team based on all the first-round picks that are on this roster. And the fact, and I, I mean, I don't know if it matters or not to the general public, they may not start a rookie on any side of the football. And we're talking about Jacksonville here, not Kansas City. Jacksonville may not start a rookie in 2023 whenever September rolls around. Maybe that's not the case by November. They've got the tackle from Oklahoma. That was their first-round pick. He could unseat, potentially, Cam Robinson at left tackle. But right now, Chad, I'm placing my money behind Jacksonville to win double-digit games, and we haven't seen that since we saw them make a run all the way to the AFC Championship game in 2017. I got them at over 9.5, Hutton, right now. You like their roster I'm going down, the same way? I'm going down the list with you. Uh, well, I love two things. I love their roster and I love their division. Yeah. There's not a lot of competition in their division. There's, I, I believe, four well, should-be wins on the schedule for them with Indy and Houston. And the like, the worst-case scenario to me is one-and-one one against the Titans in that division. So there's five wins right there. So go get five more throughout the rest of the schedule. Yeah, I, I, I like Jacksonville. Evan Ingram. Here, here's their offense. Evan Ingram at tight end. Zay Jones. And now I'm getting to the heart of it. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. And then you look at their backfield and you'll find Travis Etienne and they drafted Bigsby from Auburn. Etienne's back healthy. Trevor Lawrence is in charge of that offense. And then on defense, they've got a number of different first-round picks, including Josh Allen, who's their first-rounder from 19, who's their guy now as a pass rusher. Take the over and be confident in it. All right, who's next? Uh, number two for me, the Chicago Bears. Over, under, seven and a half. They are, this is the year, Chad. This is the year that they're supposed to be able to put all of that money behind their quarterback in Justin Fields. And as I see the money they've spent, they still have the number one uh, availability for for salary cap space, they can still make more moves. And they've done so, and I think in a good way this offseason, around their star quarterback. 
They've doubled down on him, as, as they should have, with $100 million to spend. They shouldn't draft a quarterback. They should invest in Justin Fields, like other teams have. And Chicago was late to the party based on salary cap hell. DJ Moore is now a part of this. Chase Claypool has been a nothing based on the trade with Pittsburgh. They could be in play for a free agent wideout. They have Mooney, who's a good slot receiver. But beyond that, in the backfield, I, I look at what they're doing. They now have Deontay Foreman, who leaves Carolina to go to Chicago. They have Herbert and uh, a number of others to pair with Fields, who's going to be uh, what should be better than what we saw a, a year ago, where it was just tuck and run after one read. Defensively, they should be okay. But I think, you know, especially with the extra game, and without Rodgers in the division, chat, they should be able to win eight games this year. That's the trajectory they're on. If not, they're on a trajectory of a new quarterback a year from now and possibly a new head coach because nowadays you get about three years. And this is year three for a guy that's supposed to be the franchise quarterback. This is the... I'm betting on that. This is sort of the make-or-break start for the Bears where they need to show serious improvement. I'm with you on that. Not as confident in this bet, though, as I am with your Jacksonville pick. Okay, well, say. they they did just win three games last year. Uh, yeah. that, that's okay. Uh, that's that's fair if you hate that. Oh, I, did, I don't hate it. I, just, I don't hate it. I just I, like the Jacksonville one better. I think they can spend some money and continue to do so. Uh, I've got I, – I, Seattle is eight and a half. They're, they're over-under wins. I'm taking Geno Smith and running it back in that division. Who says that Brock Purdy is going to be fine following this elbow injury? They're scrambling to find the, the solution at quarterback in San Francisco. The Rams are awful as we sit here today. And I'm looking at Seattle thinking, man, uh, why not them? They're going to beat Arizona. They should beat, they could, they can beat San Francisco once. They should beat the Rams twice. Give me Seattle and the over eight and a half. They can get to nine wins. This was the team that was supposed to be better than their record a year ago. Pete Carroll's there. He stuck around. He's not there to win seven or eight games. I want to believe in Seattle. I also just still, even after a great comeback season, cannot fully buy into Geno Smith, uh, leading them to what he did a year ago. I, I, I lean more towards that was a fluke yeah. and not something that's going to start. A winning way with them, but I mean, Hutton, you're right. That that's a that's a low number for that team based on what they were okay. doing this past season. One more that was just interesting, and I nearly added it in. I want to read more on why, and it's the division where everyone beats everyone. Chad, the right now the New York Giants are over under seven and a half wins for next season. Oh, that's a good one. I want to take the over and bet everything on that. Brian Dayball. In you we trust. Let's go bigger but, on that one. But you've got Saquon that's unhappy and a division where everyone kind of goes 500. But you're saying lock it in and go Let's with the lock it in. Let's lock it in. Something's up there. Seven and a half. Meanwhile, Jacksonville's nine and a half. After winning their division barely on that run that they went last year. Let's go G-Man. All right. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Let's. Uh, that, that's. Hutton, I'm going to give you my confidence meter on your picks. Who are we pairing? Giants, Jags, Seahawks, Bears. Okay, 
in that order. Giants, Jags, Seahawks. Most confident, picks. Giants, Jags, and then on down. And we'll pair it with your three from, from college football yes. as well. We're also confident in our uh, relationship and friendship with Sarah Walsh. And, Chad, I'm reading what was at Outkick today about you know uh, Sarah and her take on uh, golf and her husband trying to... Uh, Dan Z was just ask, dragging our girl Sarah yeah. Walsh. And we're buddies with Dan Sarah's, Z, too, in this, yeah, in this Sarah's, article. Sarah's a good friend, and we know her well. And here, it, she's in and hosting uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network. Here is Sarah Walsh and her take on asking for permission as from the husband's end to go play a round of golf. It's the grumbling about seeking permission from the significant other and being given a hard time because you just want to play a simple round of golf with your buddies. But I just want to put this in perspective, the other side of that equation, the one in which you come to us with utterly unrealistic promises that can never be fulfilled, starting with this real unplayable lie. You are not going golfing, and it's just going to take three and a half hours. You know how I know that? Because not once in your history of golfing has a round ever taken three and a half hours. Not once. And it's not because the group in front of you plays slow, and it's not because they had a dude in jean shorts with the 20 handicap. First of all, it is because your round of golf starts an hour earlier than your tee time so that you can get on the range, so that you can find your swing, because somewhere in the recess of your brain, you think that you have a shot to get on tour. It's because after your four and a half hour round, if you're lucky, it's not your fault, but your boy Chad, who got you on the course, forces you to go grab food with them at the club grill after. And I get it. You're starving. You know why you're starving? You've been there all day. When you come home seven hours later and I say, hey, how did it go? I never hear, man, I'm getting better. I only hear you're working on some things and you're close. And the only thing that's close to happening is me hiding those clubs where they're never going to be found again. <laughs> oh, the, the tried and true argument uh, that is never ending of the guy trying to go play a round of golf with the buddies that makes for the great meme. Sarah Washington and uh, uh, Matt Bushman, her husband, we we know them, Chad. Uh, Sarah's going to allow Matt to go play golf. And also, where did we meet Sarah for the first time? We did an interview with her in a golf store, yes. believe it or not. We were in a golf store uh, in the Middle Tennessee area, and she came on uh, our old radio show with us. I like Sarah. I love that she had the blast on the name Chad in the middle of her rant. Of course. Said that, you know, her buddy Chad made you stick around and and have drinks after the round. Um, (laughs) Look, I'm not a golfer, okay? I I enjoy the sport. I like watching it, watching golf. I'm the rare person who likes to watch it more than play it. And I'm sympathetic to Sarah on this one because the reason I don't play golf is because – I really just don't have the time to play golf. That's a big time commitment. And it, it takes a while. On the weekend. And if, if you've got kids, especially playing sports, it to me, it's an impossibility. Unless you're just not going to want to be around your kids on the weekend. And maybe Sarah's husband doesn't want to be around the kids or her on the weekend. That could be part the of twins. it. Um, that's what Dan Z wrote also. I mean, look, I, I get it. And if she's nice enough to let him go play golf all the time, then... Sounds like she maybe not always that nice and wants to you know go after him a little bit for it, but I am sympathetic that if you need someone around the house or want them around the house, that they're going to do something consistently that takes five to six to seven hours over the course of a day, all told. In that, so I'm I'm sort of Team Sarah on this one. I thought it was funny. Maybe uh, that's anti dude of me, I but also, I'm Team Sarah. Uh, I- I also don't feel like Sarah Walsh is going to stop Matt from playing golf. I think she would be for it. 
I don't yeah. think he, I, he's not one that's going to overdo it either. Also, she had some other funny lines I, too. I, it, in that that I read in the thing about it takes uh, way too long to play around a golf. Saying now. it takes and it, and it takes way, an hour and a half to circle the Earth on the International Space Station, yeah. and it takes you an hour and a half to get through three holes, <laughs> or something. Uh, well, really good. That's frustrating for the golfer too. By the way, half the time I'm waiting on whatever's happening in front of us. Yeah, you know, and then I'm pressured to speed it up based on the group behind us that's breathing down our neck. But I'm at the mercy of the the foursome that just added a fifth who's riding the back of the golf cart, you know, that's along for the ride for a couple beers and a couple putts. Like, yeah, that's a typical weekend on any golf well, course and that's your, worth their salt. To your point, Hutton, what I heard there was Matt's playing a lot of golf, which means if he asks, Sarah's saying yes to him playing a lot of golf. Even though she's ranting about it now, she is saying yes. Do they live on a golf, golf course? That's the other thing I want to know about this, Sarah. They live in Florida, so there's We reached out to Sarah. She'll join us uh, next week or the week after here on Hot Mind. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Coming up tomorrow, Dan Dockich will join us, plus Ray Horton, uh, one of the coaches in the USFL, and Long-time coach uh, across the NFL. Always a, a great discussion talking ball there from a coordinator and more. Chad, uh, Brandon Marshall says that the, the turf at MetLife Stadium ended his career. I, he's not the only player to voice concerns about turf across the NFL. A lot of teams, I say a lot, there's, I believe, 14 teams now that have natural grass uh, across the league. One of them here in Nashville, no longer the case. The Titans have moved to artificial turf. And they're pointing to it's going to help out injuries based on their own studies. But here's where I think the PR aspect of the turf debate argument is it's not approached the right way. There's this new design. Forgive me for not knowing the name. But only three teams, three stadiums, four teams, are currently using it. One of them is here in Nashville with the Titans. Dallas uses it, and Los Angeles, both the Rams and the Chargers, of course, at SoFi. The others are using this old turf that players hate. So when a team moves to turf, like the Tennessee Titans, players are bitching about it because they're getting hurt on turf. Derrick Henry broke his foot in Indianapolis. That's a stadium with turf that has a, a history of players getting hurt. MetLife and, and everything that, in New York, I mean, that's, that's considered one of the worst. There are others to, to mention, too. The headline with Marshall is lumping everything together, and I think this new technology, if it's not going to be mandated and the NFL's not going to do it, that everyone has to play on natural grass. The players have asked for that. It's not going to happen. Then I do think the upgrade to whatever this new technology is should be implemented if it's going to help the soft tissue injuries and specifically the knee injuries where cleats and things are getting caught in this turf and guys end up you know, having surgery the week later instead of playing the week later back at home. It seems that this is the next battleground. You know, it's been player safety but for a while, it but it's been be, different it, issues around. It shouldn't be CTE, brain injuries, 
And now but, I think we're going to head into the uh, the land of playing surface being a contributor to injuries yeah. and how to make the playing surface more safe. But it shouldn't be a battleground, though. Like the, the CTE and who's at fault and the lawsuits, like if we're just talking business here, we're talking post-career, right? From a, from a league standpoint, and by the way, I'm on the player side of that too. But from the league stance, they should be on board with this new technology to keep players and superstars on the field. The guys that you're paying the money towards shouldn't be sidelined by the time November rolls around. By the time Thanksgiving's here, they shouldn't be out for the remainder of that NFL season if, in fact, they can point to studies that show that the turf that's been installed in some of these stadiums is contributing to knee issues, ankle issues, and other things. And you just think it won't ever go back to natural grass because that's too difficult? Well, it's too hard to maintain. Hard to maintain, and it just looks bad in many climates. I mean, that's the other thing. It's also it's more affordable just to go with the turf, but but go with one that's going to work. If in fact everything, if the studies are going to show that more injuries are happening at certain places compared to others, that's that's really it. And it should not be a battleground because the owners should want the players on the field, not in the training room. If the players feel that way, maybe it's more than that. You know, like some, some teams say, hey, the, the players need to do more on their own to not get hurt, to not pull a hammy. But meanwhile, guys like Marshall and others are saying, hey, it, it, it's happening on the routine at certain stadiums more than others, especially the guys that consider those places, those venues, their home stadiums, like Marshall did. Uh, messed up. And so I hope they actually listen to them instead of using it as a bargaining tool, which they'll probably do. I just And the don't, players will lose. I, I don't... I understand the cost associated, the effort associated with natural grass. I've never looked at a grass field, though, and thought it looks terrible compared to just everything looking the same with turf. Yeah. To me, the turf, it lacks the character of it. Like, even... I like looking at a field I like, that looks different in September I, as opposed to a different in January. I like football <laughs> you know, I like played on natural the, grass. I like seeing the difference. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um... um but, but the, the upkeep and different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the cost associated, the effort, all those things. It's easier for ownership, but you make a great point, Hutton. It's also easier for ownership to keep their investments healthy. Yeah. So that's a big part of it very as well. They want their the, players to be out there playing. Very early on in the process of this study, but the Titans are moving to it because they, they've, they're convinced based on whatever's taking place in L.A. and in Dallas. Chad, uh, NHL players have launched an inclusivity uh, coalition this comes after the the nhl is saying that they're doing away with pride night and and other other things that will cause distraction or controversy uh league-wide um this coalition where pk suban who came through nashville for a couple of years here with the preds and uh, others anson carter uh, there are others that are involved in this coalition they are trying to more or less force players to support pride night or any other night that a team or teams are behind uh, players will be asked to quote step up and be public allies in quote that's not what the nhl is saying they're against they're saying support whatever you want to support but we're not going to cause a distraction or a controversy because players who choose not to support something 
are called out on a routine basis on what's a roll call for a warm-up and not whether or not they showed up to the game for face-off, which is what is taking place here. Uh, it would be the equivalent of the night that uh, the Dodgers honored the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which, and by the way, an, an honor that took place about an hour and 15 minutes prior to first pitch. In front of about 200 people. And knowing and, and finding out which players were in the dugout to, to watch this, which players took, took uh, part in warm-ups and supported this outwardly or didn't. It's the same equivalent of that, and that's what the reporters are doing in the NHL currently. Yeah, don't force someone to wear a jersey of something that they don't want to celebrate. You yeah, know, I, or, we, we've tried to make the distinction. Uh, don't this, support something you don't want to support. Yeah, the distinction on this show of it's different. Uh, not, choosing not to celebrate something is different from hating something. But the people that are choosing not to celebrate this or didn't want to wear the pride jerseys, well, they, it's, it's not necessarily a hate thing all the time. It's they don't approve of it. And they don't want to take part a in it. Personal choice. And that is a personal choice. And NHL players fought back against Gary Bettman in the league and said, Stop making us masquerade around in these uniforms. We, we don't want to do it. And, uh, you know, Greg Wyshynski's of the world of ESPN came back and said, well, you had no problem wearing military appreciation night. Well, that's the personal choice because they don't have a problem supporting the military. And this is not the NHL saying if you are gay or trans or anything, you can't buy a ticket and go to a game. I'm not seeing a bunch of homophobic chants breaking out like a Mexican soccer match at NHL games. Right. I don't think it's a an environment that is not inclusive or doesn't allow for all types of people to go to games and support teams and do all of that. This is just and, a stand-in player saying, if we don't approve of it, we don't want to be forced to wear it. And then when we say we're not going to wear it, it becomes a huge controversy that we weren't asking to be a part of that you were telling us to be a part of. So I'm, I'm all for this decision by NHL. Some may say, well, this is taking money out of charity's pockets because they auction off these uniforms. They don't have to stop doing that. They can still auction up. They can make new uniforms. They can auction them off. They can raise money for whatever they want to raise money for. This isn't stopping them from doing that. I, I think this is a common sense stand from the NHL saying, yeah, probably not a good idea to force our players to take part in something they don't want to honor well, or celebrate. They, but, but let's go back to the story, though. They were not forced to take part in it. The NHL stood back and said, you know, there's a policy in place that they don't have to support something that they're not behind individually. But, but, and, and, but the difference is they're feeling forced to do it when the one person who doesn't do it there's a national story written in ESPN about them and Ivan Provorov. Sure. So I can yeah, understand the players saying the athletic, from the athletic, but but also, I'm being pressured into doing this. But I don't I don't hear that from the players. I, the players instead are saying, yeah, we don't have to do it, and I'm doing this for religious reasons or whatever. We're seeing that in Major League Baseball too. Do it if you want to do it. By the way, Chad and I are sitting here saying we, we support whatever cause you want to support and back whatever you know uh, a charity you want to back or any cause or any issue or. Uh, movement, fine, but you shouldn't be forced to do it just because you're a part of a league or a part of a team. You know, Connor McDavid is upset that it's going away. He's called it disappointing, the, the NHL's decision. Connor McDavid can choose to support whatever he wants to support. That's fine. Uh, in the NFL, they don't have a Pride Month 
you know, uh, initiative. But what they do have is my calls, my cleats, and any player that chooses to support anything they, they can put there for the same thing. It's being auctioned off after the game, and they're warming up in it no different in this case with the tape that's being used in Edmonton or Nashville or anywhere else. Um, Chad, you've been saying this from the jump, and we'll repeat it probably not for the final time. Uh, well, you know, the daily segment. But the, the common sense approach here won't change here on the show. The league should be about the sport and not caring about who you're sitting beside or whatever. Because it, it, it's never been about that. It's really the one escape. Maybe we could say that concert, yeah, the concert's the same way for me. Concerts and sports. Music and sports. By and large, you're singing along to a song that you enjoy really not paying attention to the lyrics. And in the case of some of these sports leagues, they're paying way too much attention to the lyrics instead of the song itself, which is the sport they're playing. And we've twisted the term inclusion to now include exclusion. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. trumpet my cause, trumpet our cause, whatever we say that it is, and if you have a religious disagreement with this cause or a moral disagreement or whatever it may be, you were hateful and not welcome, and we're going to do this anyways, and to hell with everyone who may object to this, that's not overly inclusive. Well, my stance as any organization is I am about my team, and if you want to be about this team, I will welcome you with open arms. I will not go out of my way to celebrate one group over another. I'm not going to celebrate Christians over these people. I'm not going to celebrate... LGBTQ plus over these people. I'm not celebrating uh, Hinduism over Islam. I'm I'm welcoming everyone because we are about baseball or about hockey or about basketball or about football and specifically about this team. And I want to have a great welcome opening environment for anyone who wants to come and support this team or watch this game. That's simple. That's my mission statement. And in doing that, you stay out of problems with your players and problems with the community. And you continue to sell tickets. Yes. You know, it, without a doubt, no matter which side of this you're on, your, your favorite NHL team is going to sell you a ticket to attend a game next year. But instead, if we've you would like a, to attend a game. We've entered the, I talk about the wash cycle, you know, on spin yeah. constantly. We've entered the spin cycle of shame. That if you well, didn't say something about someone or something but, or some month or some week, then you're hateful, and you better get something together on social media but, to post but, but about But see, it. this is where I come down to this. It's the media that is creating this. Oh, absolutely. The league is doing away with it, not because they're against it, because they don't want to see this clickbait stuff in the headlines. Support whatever you want to support. Yeah, that was the policy that was in place, by the way. Yep. Not the policy that was stressed through the media. And I use media in broad terms there. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. The hype and the fake headlines of it come across as hatred on behalf of a single player when, in fact, all they did was follow the policy that was in place and stay in the locker room and warm up on their own and then go out and play and participate for the team that pays them to play the sport that they're currently under contract with. We're back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, for Hot Mike.